Four minutes after 12 is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where Mystery Hour is upon us, your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction routinely denied anywhere else. Uh, I also make you a couple of cast-iron promises this hour that you won't find replicated anywhere else on your radio dial. The first is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. You will, I'll say that again, you will know more than you do now. may not be knowledge you're particularly grateful for or ever find any useful whatsoever, but in terms of quantity, you'll have more of it by one o'clock today than you do now. And also, this isn't quite cast iron, but it's still pretty reliable. You're probably going to laugh out loud at some point between now and one o'clock. And if you don't believe me, there's only one way to prove me wrong. Stay tuned and don't laugh. It is the radio equivalent of those newspaper features that you are familiar with, I'm sure. The notes and queries, the, the, the Q&As, where one reader will write in with a question, a who, a why, a what, a where, a whence, a whither, even the occasional wherefore. And um, another reader will write in a few days later with the answer. Well, we tend to do things a little more immediately here. This is the original interactive media, you know, isn't it? Everybody bangs on about interactive media and, and how important it is. But what, what the heck is a radio show with a phone line if it's not the emblem, the very distillation? the essence of interactive media so you ring in with a question someone else rings in with the answer there are only two rules and they are repetition and dullness both to be avoided at all costs repetition you can't really be blamed for dullness you probably can so if you're thinking of a question and you're toying with the idea of dialing that number um be sure that it's a question to which other people will be interested in the answer that, that, I hope, is fairly self-explanatory. It's a question about your laundry. It's unlikely that the rest of the nation, or indeed the 44 million people now able to listen to Mystery Hour on, on British Airways in-flight entertainment, are going to share your interest in the answer. If it's a question specific to a roundabout at the bottom of your road, it's unlikely that anybody else, let alone everybody else, is going to be interested in your answer. Uh, repetition will deal with. Uh, apart from that, anything goes. Only do one origin of a phrase a week. Uh, we'll probably get one up fairly early, so don't 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 ring him on with one of those too early. Um, and that I think is it. I'm just trying to think if I've missed anything. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need. And I think we'll just crack on, shall we? Sam's in Liverpool. Sam, question or answer? Hello, James. It's a question. Carry on. Oh, hang on, I forgot one other rule. One other rule is if you hear someone else ask a question, you're not allowed to look up the answer. It has to come from your knowledge. It's a celebration of, of enlightenment, of knowledge, of education. Right, sorry, Sam, back to you, mate. No worries, it's an important rule. It's been too much Googling sometimes. You're too right. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've I read somewhere that uh, spider silk per inch uh, is as strong as steel. Uh, but it was made me think, what is the strongest substance made by animals? Is it spider silk or something else? I like that. So should, you, you know, shouldn't you be doing something else? <laughs> I'm in university at the moment, but I've, I've got a few hours. That's what, I, that's what I was hinting at, actually. I thought I sensed that you probably had lectures <laughs> that you should be attending, but instead you're sitting at home going, wow, is there anything stronger than spider silk? A student writes. Well, instead I'm sitting at home listening to Mystery Hour. Well, is there you, anything wrong with that? You, no, of course there isn't. You'll learn more here than you will at university. <laughs> the, um, isn't it, is, it, is it silkworms that make the strongest silk rather than spiders? I don't know. I mean, I know they make, like, shirts and stuff, but... Well, no, they don't make shirts, Sam. <laughs> they make thread. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not... You find, not you find me a worm. You find me a worm that can make you a shirt, mate. And I'll, I'll, I'll be on Dragon's Den by this time next week. We'll be millionaires. <laughs> we'll be millionaires by March. OK, let's well, find... Of course you will get a cut. Let's find out. Is What, what is the strongest man-made fibre? I, I like that not question. Man-made. No, no, animal-made. Non-man-made. Non-man-made. So made yeah. by a creature. 
Yeah. So you would include dolphin spit or something like that? <laughs> if it's... Any, anything, but it's got to be made by a living creature, and it's... Yes. What's the strongest creature, non-man creature-made substance? <laughs> yeah. All right. Eight minutes after 12. There you go. Uh, Eden is in East Finchley, which is not Hello. something I've ever heard of East Finchley before, but I'm prepared to take your word for it, Eden. What, what question or answer? Question. Carry on. Congratulations on the ratings, James, as well. Well, you must uh, be very happy with yourself. Uh, well, I, I usually am, Eden. That's what they'll tell you. <laughs> Carry on. So, if you found an island that was previously uninhabited, how many generations of the peoples that then inhabited the island would it take for them to be considered indigenous? Oh, blimey. So if, if you've got, so if you and I, if you and I arrive, and we'd need some women yeah. as well, wouldn't we? We so would, we would. We for, for reasons that I hope are, are obvious. We turn up to build a new Eden, Eden. Yes. We turn up on a, on a, on a perhaps a, 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 an isolated Greek island. There's quite a lot of uninhabited Greek islands. They're for okay, sale. Then, okay, but you know, you've made it Greek, but um, better if it doesn't have a nation. Because right. So an, a, a theoretical, unattributed a island. island that rose out of the sea because of a volcano. Ah, so it's recently risen out of the sea. There we are. It's a recent island. It's a brand new island. It's in international waters. Still got the wraparound. And and we go and live there without without. Well, wouldn't our children? Our children would be indigenous, wouldn't they? Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. So after one generation, our children are then considered indigenous. But then, if you arrive at a land that's previously inhabited, you can't be. So you're saying that by the very first dint of one one set. No, I'm not sure. Are you, are well, you, nor am I now, now you've said it like that. It's, it's, well, I mean, because, of course, what you're doing is applying it to islands that are inhabited, and you're thinking, well, you're not indigenous but if your parents sure. came here, are you? I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That... No, no, obviously, so it has to be a completely uninhabited island. So, I mean, I, I don't want to make it political, but we could consider our Falkland Island as indigenous, is, is where the idea comes from originally. Yeah, this is a brilliant question. It may not have an answer. Some of the best questions don't. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But but in terms I'm of, I mean, the, to know though, yeah, I've, I've avoided looking anywhere for this. I thought of it last week, but I only phoned up at about um, so, ten minutes. But, but, I, I, but would there be any example of it? Well, yes, there would. The Falklands were uninhabited, weren't they? They were colonised by yeah. us. So indigenous. Oh, their children. Their children is two hundred years. So if they're the first people there, that if they are the first people on that land. I've just got to tell you, Eden, I think J- Jane, um, Jane's been in touch to say thank you. She has just laughed out loud already, so that's her guarantee. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, one guarantee delivered. <laughs> so it would have to be, could, because otherwise there's no such thing. You can never be indigenous if you've arrived no, in a country no, where other people, people were before you. African people, maybe, because they sort of evolved in Africa, so they'd be the only example of indigenous peoples. Oh, unless the Indians, did they actually... Or, or, well, aborigine, like, uh, aborigine people across the world. But, but no, in terms of, if, you've, if you're newly arrived on a landmass, if it's already inhabited, yeah. you can never be no, indigenous. No, you can never be. No, no. no oh, I love this but, question, but if, okay. if there is an answer to it, Eden, I shall give you the money myself. Eleven minutes after twelve is the time. The strongest substance created by living creatures. Um, and if you arrive on an uninhabited island and, and you decide to live there, are you indigenous? Are your children indigenous? Are your grandchildren? It goes to show, and this is where Eden said he didn't want to get political. That, that, that anybody who employs the word indigenous in the context of a conversation is almost by definition daft, unless they're a sort of evolutionary biologist or an explorer. But usually it's a, it's a way of trying to say, I've got more rights than you've got because I'm indigenous. Um, 
It's astonishing how few people who use the word indigenous in the context of a political debate can spell it. Charles is in Stockport. Whereabouts in Stockport, Charles? Well, actually, Glossop. Oh. Yeah, well, in fact, Broadbottom. Well, I don't know Broadbottom, but I know Birch Vale. How far is that from you? Uh, not far away. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I lived there when I was two. I used to go swimming at Glossop Baths, and we'd go for a toasted tea cake afterwards <laughs> with my late dad. Anyway, that's not why you rang in. Question or answer? Uh, question. Um, it's one... Um, why are the two words flammable and inflammable? Why do they mean exactly the same, uh, have exactly the same meaning? For example, visible and invisible are opposite. Plausible, implausible, fallible, infallible. Yeah, we could be here a while. I take, I take your central points. They're all opposites. And yet, and yet, flammable, if you were learning English and, and someone said that's very flammable over there, yes. and then they saw a sign saying something was inflammable, they'd assume it was the opposite. Well, they right? would, but thankfully any pictures that, any signs that say inflammable also have a little picture of some flames on them, don't they? Yeah, Which but is... where does it come from? That's what I want to know. Because I can't think of any other two words that uh, are spelt in a similar way like that that mean the same thing. Nor can I. I, I pres- is it not something to do with flames? Inflamed? So you can be flamed and inflamed, and they mean the same thing? Could be, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know that there's going to be an answer to this question. You want a why for something that's probably just an accident of verbal uh, etymological evolution, yeah, isn't it? Some, someone who's into English language, whatever they, they call themselves, may know. Etymolo- et- etyma- eti- etyma- <laughs> word experts. <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can do. Why, why do yeah. flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? Yep. Thank you, Charles. Give, 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 give my regards to Birch Vale. I will, and on that bombshell, <laughs> see ya. See ya. James is in Hoddesdon. Question or answer, James? Um, I've got an answer. Go on, then. Um, the hardest naturally occurring substance in nature. Go on. Hey, um, hey, keep it, keep it clean. Keep it clean, James. Keep it clean. Keep it. It's limpid tea. not listening to me at all. Go on. No, it's all right. I've, I've spoilt it now. I was trying to be funny, and I've, I've made a complete mess of your answer. Let's let's pretend that never happened and start again. What is the hardest known substance occurring in nature? Uh, limpet teeth. The tooth of a limpet? Yeah. Qualifications? Um, I watch a lot of nature pro- programmes, and it was on one of them. It'd be the enamel on the tooth, would it? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I just remember it being, yeah, limpet teeth, I guess. It, yeah, the enamel on the teeth. I like that. That'd be the hardest, but you couldn't make you couldn't make a thread out of it, could you? I have no idea. The strongest is there? A te- is there a tension? Can you actually compare hardness to, to to tensile strength? I wonder if you can. You probably can. I don't know. I'm going to give you a round of applause, James. That's a beautiful Thanks. answer, and, and, and the reason I like your answer particularly is it reminds younger listeners of how much you can learn simply by watching television. Yeah, yeah. It's twelve fifteen. Oh. Good work. Um. Might be room for, I don't know, I mean, hardness and toughness are not necessarily the same thing. More of this after this. Street Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 19 minutes after 12. Inflammable and indigenous. The two questions still on the board um, revolve around those two words. Why does inflammable mean the same as flammable? I I think I've answered that, but I've got a spare round of applause going for someone else. And if we arrive together, you and I, if you're a lady... On an uninhabited island, at what point would we become indigenous? Would we have to have children? Would you have to be born there to be indigenous? Or would we be automatically indigenous? Bearing in mind that it's uninhabited. If it's already inhabited, I don't think you could ever be indigenous. 
um, which goes to show what a pointless word it is, but it's still a very good question. Barry is in Hillingdon. Barry, question or answer? It's a question. Carry on, Barry. Um, when I die, I want to be cremated. Okay. And I'm just wondering, is it obligatory or is there a law that I have to have a coffin? Couldn't I not have just have a body bag? Well, a lot cheaper. Yeah, I suppose it would be a lot cheaper. I mean, it might be a bit of a be a bit of a task for the pallbearers. <laughs> I suppose they could do they could do a fireman's lift, couldn't they, or something like that, or they could carry you in like cat's cradle. Yeah, uh, is this a, is this yeah, a serious yeah. inquiry, Barry? Are, are you quite parsimonious, or have you fallen on hard times? No, but I mean, it just uh, I've inquired about funerals, and, and they, they cost a fortune. They flipping and, and, do and, so. I mean, the, why have a coffin when it's going to be burnt? It's a very good question. Um, have you ever seen the film The Wizard of Oz? Yes. Do you remember that bit near the end where Toto the dog pulls the curtain back and you see the wizard behind pulling all the levers and, and, and doing all that sort of thing? Yes, I remember that. Yes. I'm about to do the equivalent of that with you, Barry. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to pull back the curtain of the radio production process and tell you that sometimes before a caller comes on, the producer and I have a quick chat about what might transpire during the course of the forthcoming conversation. And the producer reports to me that a very charming-sounding lady was in the background when you first came through to the studio saying, Oh, Barry, don't ask such a stupid question. Is this true? <laughs> Probably my wife, yeah. is, is, is Is your wife free at the moment to, to, to talk to me? Yes, I think she is. May, yes. I, may I ask her name first? Marcella. Marcella. May I have a quick word with Marcella? Just a minute. Thank you very much, Barry. Okay. Yes, I think Want a word with you, dear? May I ask her name first? Yes, I, I did say. Marcella? Yes. Uh, what's, he, what's he playing at? I don't know. I think he's serious. But, really? Um, I said to him, for heaven's sake, leave it. That's stupid. That's you don't have bags for people in them. Could you imagine a body bag coming into the church or the crematorium? Honestly, Marcella, I, I surprised you. I'm surprised you let him use the phone un, un, unchaperoned. I'm smaller than he is. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? <laughs> no, I did ask him. I've had this for about a week. He's been bothering shall him for a week. Shall I have a body bag? <laughs> something cheap. He, he, he goes off on tangents. Can we leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Celeb, God bless you both. I will find out. But if if push comes to shove, then uh, I, I, I will deliver the answer in the course in the course <laughs> of the program. But I, I just wanted you to know that we feel your pain, Marcella. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, and it pains sometimes. Okay. God bless. Thank Goodbye, you Cheerio. Oh, we do our best. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Marcella. Can you get? cremated in a bag oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three it's 23 minutes after 12 clifford is in Hampstead. clifford question or answer question please sir carry on clifford um who designed the layout of a qwerty keyboard and when they were doing it did they realize that you could spell the word typewriter on the top line you um i i think you ask a question that doesn't have an answer because it, it 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 it's to do with the frequency of how often letters do you remember when typewriters had hammers yes and the danger of the hammers sticking yes do you remember sometimes so the way it's designed is linked to the frequency of the letters and how far away the ones that you use the most need to be from each other in order to minimize the likelihood of hammer sticking if that is the case i didn't know that well you do now 
I do. I'm a wiser man for speaking to you. Well, that was, that was only one of the promises I made at 12 o'clock today. I don't know if you've <laughs> laughed out loud yet, but frankly... <laughs> if you, your previous caller... I was going to say, if you didn't laugh out loud with Marcella... Uh, yeah, I'm going home. I, I, I give up now. Um, whether, or not any, whether or not the name of the person who designed it has been recorded, I do not know, but I'm 99% confident that the ability to, to find all the, word, all the letters in the word typewriter on the top line alone is a coincidence. Um, I, I'll leave the question on the board, but I think, I, think, I think that's probably as good an answer as you're going to get. It's the best I can take, then. Good man. Thank you, Have Clifford. Good afternoon. I shall do my best. Richard's in Paddington. Richard, question or answer? Hi, James. Uh, it's an answer. Go First on. time caller, brother. You're very welcome. Very nervous, very nervous, very nervous. Don't be. Flammable, inflammable. Mm. I thought about, I was thinking that maybe it's got to do with the proximity of the flame to the actual substance. Because you have flammable, inflammable, and highly inflammable. So when you're close, very close, and you need to contact it, it would be flammable, maybe. And, or maybe it's the reverse. If the flame is further away, it's inflammable. And if it's even further away, it's highly inflammable. So it's just because of the nature of flame and the nature of, of combustion that we have inflammable not being the opposite. It just degrees of flammability. I, I like your answer, but it's almost certainly wrong. Go on. Well, it, I mean, it just, it, there's no way that you've suddenly discovered the notion of gradations of flammability while sitting in your car in Paddington. No, 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 no I haven't discovered it. It's a, it's a non-brainer. It's the not a non-brainer. It's a non-writer. It's not flammable and inflammable mean exactly the same thing. They mean they possess a propensity to catch fire. Absolutely. So, so they're not the same word, as the chat was suggesting. They are the same word. OK, what's more, inflammable or flammable? What has a higher degree of flammability? Something that's inflammable or something that's flammable? OK, if you put it that way, it's a different question. <laughs> it's a different question. <laughs> Richard, carry on. I look forward to your second call. Now you've overcome your first night nerves. 12.25 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Call me now if you know why flammable... And inflammable mean exactly the same thing. If you know whether or not... What generation of newly arrived inhabitants on a previously uninhabited landmass would become defined as indigenous? Can Barry get cremated without a coffin? I don't like that question. Not now we've met Marcella. He's, he's upset at that. I can see why, Barry, you cheeky old soul. And uh, who invented the QWERTY keyboard? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Nicole's in Poplar. Question or answer, Nicole? Yes, I've got a question. Carry on. Good. So my parents-in-law have a dog, and she howls along to uh, opera singing. Uh, specifically, I've heard her howling uh, to sopranos, and also every now and then when the phone rings. And I'm wondering, why? Is this some sort of packed instinct? Does it hurt her ears? Is it something else? Is it not just that they think that other dogs are howling? It's because I've got a dog, and, and if the dog next door howls, our dog joins in sometimes. Right, so, so that it's just a, it's just a f- would be a packed instinct. Yes. Uh, would it be the same thing with opera singing or the song? Yes, it's just the note that is struck musically somehow resonates with the canine brain as evidence of another canine in the proximity. Ergo, they howl in order to make canine contact. Okay, so it's more about the note and less about the source of the note. Oh, you see, when you say it back to me properly like a grown-up, I realise that I've been making it up as I went along. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know the answer. So why does your why do your in laws why does your in laws dog howl at the opera? Yeah. Cool. 
That's the question. No, you're on. We'll do it. I think I'm probably right, but then I usually do, and I'm often not, so we'll leave it on the board until we go definitive. Nicole, thank you. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. if you can answer that or any of the other questions. Lucy makes a point. I don't know that we need to stress this. I would hope, Lucy, that Marcella realised that we were laughing with her, very much so, and very much not at her. I'm sure she realised that already, but if you think it needed clarification, I would rather adopt the belt and braces approach than, uh, than, than cross my fingers and hope for the best. Dave's in Chichester. Hello, Dave. Hello, James. How are you doing? I mustn't grumble, mate. What have you got? Question or answer? I've got a question this time, yeah, please. Yeah, carry on. And I've got my little boy, Billy's with me, who's off sick today. Oh, um, mine's off sick today as well. Is it Tommy? No, chicken pox. Oh, good Lord. Blimey. Yeah. Tough. tough no, it's, it's only a mild case. He's, he's fine. Oh, he's right. not too bad. No, but now, now Bill, Billy has a hobby. He goes around finding money that people have dropped on the floor, and he collects it and puts it in a jar. God, that's a hobby now, is it? It was a crime yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> so, honestly, All right. he loves it. You can't keep isn't him that, away from Isn't that what the anything. Artful Dodger used to do in Oliver Twist? <laughs> Where'd you get that? I found it on the floor, Dad. Of course you did, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the the running total now? Uh, How much have you got now, Billy? £19. Oh, he's poorly. He is poorly, isn't he? He is poorly, yeah. £19 already. Yeah, he's got £19.20 already. And and he'll pick up any denomination of coin, will he? That's the point. He does not care. You know those coin machines in Sainsbury's where people chase? He's worked out that that's where people drop money, so he's on his his belly every time he goes to Sainsbury's with his hand underneath. Fantastic. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm to work early. What's the question, then? The question is, Billy would like to know that if he picked up, if he was able to pick up all the money that people have dropped in Britain, how much would he have? <laughs> Are we going to work that out? Come on. I don't know. Someone from the Bank of England but might have a But idea. it's already more than it was when you asked the question. Someone's just dropped 20p in Kidderminster. <laughs> well, exactly. So what, would, what do you want from me? I can't... What do you want? Some sort of meter like children in need? It keeps going up every ten seconds? <laughs> no, I didn't think of that. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's, your, it's your such a bad example to your boy. It's not enough he's got chicken pox. Now he's losing his hero worship of his father. <laughs> I'm just not going to let him listen back to this. Ringing up radio stations with stupid questions. You're no father of mine. <laughs> hey, James, you know you say that when you keep people ringing up with stupid questions. Never. <laughs> it's not a stupid... I, is, there, is there an estimate on the amount yeah. of money that is lost every year? Let's do it yes, like that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right. Those, there right. you go. That's the sound of me getting you out of the whole day. Fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Carry on. And get well soon, Billy. It's half past twelve. Two, one. Why do flammable and inflammable mean exactly? We've got some cracking questions this week. Some of them possibly aren't going to be answerable. Why do flammable and inflammable mean exactly the same thing? Uh, When would you become indigenous? If you and I, or or if if a couple, a male and a female, arrived on a previously uninhabited landmass, say an island, just sort of come up out of the sea as a result of an underwater subaquatic volcanic explosion... At what point would they become indigenous to that landmass? Would they be indigenous themselves? Would their children be indigenous? I, I think it's going to end up... It was Eden's question from East Finchley. I think it's going to end up being an illustration of what a meaningless word that is politically, but it is interesting historically or biologically. Is Barry um, allowed to get cremated without a coffin? He, he, he wants to get cremated in a bag. Um, I've lost the tweet, so I can't give you the credit you deserve for this. Someone's pointed out you can get a bag for life. <laughs> So why not a bag for death? That's what Barry wants to know. Who invented the QWERTY keyboard? Why do dogs um, howl to the opera? Or why does one dog in particular howl to the opera? And have we any idea how much money gets lost? We're just going to say every year. 
loose change, back of the sofa stuff. How much money do we lose every year? Can anyone? No one's going to know that off the top of their head, are they? Who would know that? I don't know. Sarah's in Perivale. Question or answer, Sarah? Answer. Carry on. The flammable, the inflammable question. Yes. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when the only word was inflammable. Uh, when I was a kid, that was the only word that was used. Yes. Uh, but people started, um, in more recent times, misunderstanding inflammable, meaning thinking it meant it couldn't be set on fire. So they actually changed it on all labels to flammable to make people understand that it was about to go up in flames. And they, they, therefore the two... The, if you like, it's historical. The two words mean exactly the same thing with inflammable predating, flammable and meaning possessed of a propensity to become inflamed. Exactly, yes. You're very good. Qualifications? Well, I've lived long enough to remember when it came in. And is there a stronger qualification than that on this earth, Sarah? Probably not. Probably not. Hang on, I think Barry's might. Barry's in Norwood. Are you are you going along with that, Barry? Or... Uh, uh, no, no, not, in, not at all. Right. Not at all. Okay, Sarah. Barry, wait there a second. Sarah. Yeah. You're going to get a round of applause. I'm just going to indulge Barry for a couple of minutes. All right. <laughs> Barry, back to you, mate. What was wrong with that then? Do you know, as a gentleman, I'll just give Sarah a round of applause because I'm a gentleman like that but they do mean different things they don't but, <laughs> yeah, they do they, they don't. do they don't. Flamma- yeah flammable is yeah. something you can set alight yeah all right so you can burn a piece of material mm. inflammable is something that will light itself it will set alight on its own it's no. volatile no it's not i've done i learned yes it is no it's not. and i've learned this i've yeah. learned this because i did a fire safety course when yeah. i was working british rail many years ago mate that's right? not that's, that's not going to butter any parsnips here the fire safety course oh, on british <laughs> rail flammable and inflammable <laughs> mean exactly the same thing so you can take your british railway safety course uh, and i will raise you a dictionary what what are you going to go with the dictionary or the british rail safety course that you vaguely remember from a few years ago no no it's not vague it's not vague it's it's i'll I'll ask you again mate what are you going to put your trust in the dictionary or your british rail fire safety course from a few years ago some some substances can burn on their own. They don't need ignition in that same way. That's true. Some stuff needs ignition, right? The stuff that needs ignition is flammable. It doesn't become any less wrong either. the more you say it. <laughs> Do you know what? What? I'm a jet. I'll just give it a round so of applause. trying yeah. to claim it's chivalry. Sarah is getting is, a round of applause because is. she is correct. You it are getting your wrong. sandwiches wrapped in a roadmap because <laughs> you are incorrect, Sarah. Accept this with my compliments. Thank you. Thank you. 0345 if you can grab either of those phone lines that have just been vacated. Simon is in Finchley. Question or answer, Simon? I've got an answer, James. Hang on, I'm just going to cross out that one because that was a beautiful answer by Sarah. Yes, what is your answer? It's the answer to the uh, money on the street. Come on, the money on the street. And funnily enough, I've got a little boy who's, who's sick at home as well. Really? There's a lot of yeah. it about today, isn't there? A lot there? of it about. What's wrong, with your, what's wrong with your lad? Mm, unspecified fever. Any vomiting? No vomiting. Oh, just as well then. Well, we had full vomiting last night after saying, well, why don't you get into bed with us? It's, oh. not, it's not a mistake you make twice in one evening. Carry on, Simon, with your, with your answer to the, to the question. There's a bit of, a, a bit of um, uh, guesswork and something I've, I've, I heard. So basically, yes. we worked for a company and the boss told us once that uh, we needed to make more money because every day... £25,000 is dropped on the street in loose change. And he'd read it somewhere very important. He was... Um, you weren't on a British rail safety course, were you, when you had this conversation? <laughs> no. All right, carry on. Anyway, so I calculated from that £25,000 per day 
times 365, if we're, if we're working out that way, is roughly £9 million. £9 million? First of all, your boss made it up. Well, I don't know. You, uh, why'd you say that? Well, it was just a completely random figure. Where did he get that from? He read it somewhere. He read it somewhere. I can't go definitive on he read it somewhere. And also, I reckon there'd be a lot less dropped on a Sunday than there would be on a weekday. Okay, so let's take off the Sundays. <laughs> to... You're not getting a round of applause. <laughs> because of your boss. Your boss just made it. Was he? What was he trying to get you to do? Sell more stuff? Sorry? Was, he, was your boss trying to get you to sell more stuff? No. He will, oh, well, I don't know. Just work harder. To, work. To, 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 he just made it up. He said work harder because £25,000 a day. Problem is, the more condescending I get now, the more likely yeah. I am to turn around in 10 I minutes. Someone to call up with that £25,000 figure because I'm sure it's out there. Yeah, well, if, you, if I get it, I'll ring you back, all right? All right. And then we'll see, we'll see about that round of applause. £25,000 a day gets dropped. Where do you get that number from? It must have come from somewhere. Or did it? Lawrence is in Isha. Lawrence, question or answer? It's a question and good afternoon to you, James. Hello, Lawrence. How are you? Fine, and you? Yeah, I mustn't grumble. Mustn't grumble. That's right. Well, you've had some great questions, so... Good um, week. Good week this week. How about this? Go on, then. I've just bought myself a new hi-fi system with a turn... a turn table and amplifier and speakers yeah welcome to the 20th century lawrence and therefore i've had to buy some vinyl albums yes but i don't know whether to to store them vertically or lay them flat to prevent the things uh, warping so ah to avoid warpage yeah warping i think it is isn't it warpage okay so do i store a record vertically or do I lay it flat? There's an awful lot of people buying these things now. Vinyl's on the way back like you would not believe. So I'm told. Ah. And, and you notice the difference, actually. You notice well, the difference. Well, I'm not sure whether it's in the eye of the, or the ear of the beholder. The but, ear uh, of the beholder, Lawrence, you rascal. It is. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I, I, well, I, I mean, everyone I know has always stored them vertically. But Why? It's quite a good question. It's not the best question we've ever had. No, I think the um, uh, Barry in the bag. body bag is yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's astonishing. <laughs> Your qualifications were in dentistry, weren't they, back in the day? You're right. Yeah, so you're not going to know about the rules governing cremation and vessels. Well, actually, yes. uh, there is a problem when you cremate someone and all the mercury in their teeth goes up the chimney. Ooh, they would be. And creates pollution. It's not a massive problem. Oh, I think it's becoming one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. God, everywhere you turn now, there's cause for concern. You're like a human Daily Mail, Lawrence. Well, <laughs> 42 years in dentistry, dear. Yeah, so you can't say fairer than that. Um, Bye. Uh, but goodbye, sir. I shall find out for you. Should Lawrence store his vinyl horizontally or vertically? He is concerned with the avoidance of warpage. Right, I'm coming in now, okay? I promised you at 12 o'clock today you would laugh out loud between then and 1 o'clock. And if you haven't, if you've actually been listening and you haven't laughed out loud yet, you're banned from the rest of the show, all right? Because you're such a misery, Guts. I frankly don't want to be spending any more time with you. Katia is in Grantham. Katia, question or answer? It's an answer. Carry on. About the cremation, you have to put, well, if you're a cremation technician, you have to put the, the body in a really flammable container, you know, so that it goes really quickly. If if you leave so, like like kindling, the the coffin would be like kindling. 
Who's kindling? Kindling are like the little twigs you put in the fire in order to get the big twigs oh, burning. Oh, yes, like them, just yes. like them. Yes, See? yes. Uh, a bag, it doesn't do it. A paper bag would. Paper. Oh, yes. Okay. So we could put okay. Barry in a paper. No, I don't want to talk about no. Barry because Marcella will be listening to this and she'll okay. be getting all upset while Barry's sitting there <laughs> chuckling away, you old goat Barry. <laughs> now, there would be a problem with the paper bag because uh, the solution. Uh, he, he has to sometime, at some point, I don't really know when, but he has to look at what's happening in the oven. And he would see quite not so beautiful uh, shapes of the bodies. No, well, that, that, but that's, that's, that, no, that, that's not a pretty sight, I grant you, but that's not okay. really Barry's problem. He's, he's going to be beyond caring about that by the time he goes up in flames. What mm-hmm. are your qualifications on this? I did some research um, because I, I want to know what's going to happen to me when I get cremated. Yes. Yeah, and I thought, just like Barry, oh, well, just have a bag in there, you know, and, yes. and then, yeah, well, I no, don't know that, I don't, I just, I mean, the temperature inside those crematoriums yeah. is so huge, I can't yeah. really believe that the, 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 the wood is necessary to the combustion <laughs> process. And it must be quite a certain type of wood as well. Really? But I've seen people, I've heard of people being cremated in wickerwork coffins, wicker coffins and cardboard coffins. Yeah, some of them are going to be not allowed anymore, actually, because of the CO2 emissions. Oh, hang on, I've got someone on the other line who used to work for a funeral company. Do you want to stay on the line in case you end up sharing the applause? Okay. Okay, Katya, say hello to Mike. Hello, Mike. Hi, Mike. Mike, what have you got? Um... Yeah, the, the the reason why you can't just be burned in a bag um, is because, basically, uh, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, um, the first one is hygiene. Um, Might be a very clean bag. <laughs> when, when, when a coffin enters the, uh, the cremator, um, obviously it's that hot inside the cremator that it would start burning straight away. So so Katia's wrong. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah okay. I'm just going to get rid of her, mate. You stay there for a second, Katia. On on your jog. <laughs> Nothing in this game. Um, to carry on, Mike. Uh, yeah. So, so first of all, it's hygiene reasons. That, yes. that, that, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing as well is uh, crematoriums are regulated as to what gases they put into the air when they. Uh, conduct cremations, oh. and um, and therefore you can't just put you know like a like, like a rubbish bag in there, something like that, be- because of the uh, environmental factors. So it has to be something which, um, such as wood, won't cause as much as an impact as burning rubber or burning plastic. So conceivably, if you could find a, a, a sustainable, eco-friendly, sturdy bag, you could do it. But we're not yet aware of one's existence. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but again. You know, if it, if it was something that was going to melt as soon as you start pushing it into the uh, into the cremator, you know, you, you you wouldn't get the person all the way into the cremator, if, you know, without going into detail. Well, I think you uh, just did, Mike. <laughs> it's too late now, mate. You've just gone into detail. Everyone's now got an image of oh lordy. Qualifications, Michael? Uh, I used to work for a funeral arrangement company. Okay. Why, why did you stop? Um, just change the job. Fair enough. It, it, it was a dead-end job. <laughs> you know, I said that. I was trying to think of a punchline myself, but I thought I'll leave it to Mike because he's probably heard them all before. Round of applause for Mike, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ah, it's a dead-end job. It's 47. Seven minutes remaining of Mystery Hour and several questions still in need of answers. 
some of them i'm not going to lie to you some of these questions are a bit rubbish some of the, some of them are mildly interesting i think the best ones have, have already been answered namely whether or not barry is allowed to get cremated in a bag it would appear not barry but don't don't be too downcast if you can invent a bag that is fulfilling all of the environmental requirements it may still be that, that you could do that we shall have to wait to find out who invented the qwerty keyboard um why does a dog howl along to the opera and at what point would you become indigenous? If you and I arrived upon an uninhabited island and we were able to, to procreate together, would our children be indigenous to that uninhabited island? Would we be, or would you have to wait for subsequent generations to arrive at that state? Richard is in Eastbourne. Richard, question or answer? Question, please, James. Carry on, Richard. Um, congratulations on the latest Reagans, by the way, as well. Oh, come off it, mate, will you? A little bit of modesty goes a long way. Come on. <laughs> um, James. When one drops a, say, for example, a Coke can and it fizzes up, why do we tap the top of it? Does that actually work? Yes. How do you know? Because uh, I've done it. What's the science behind it? It, it, it is, it's all about osmosis. <laughs> Wait, waiting for the jingle. You, you, you encourage the bubbles to the top you of the can. No, I know. I was joking. You encourage the bubbles to the top of the liquid so that when you open the ring pull, the gas comes out. Whereas if the gas remains within the liquid, when you open the ring pull, the gas rushes to the surface and takes the liquid with it. Ergo, your cup runneth over, Richard. I'm going to have to give you that one. Every time I bring up a question, you always, is that, always answer it. Is that, does that not have the vaguest patina of plausibility? I'd like to hear from someone else. All right, then. Yeah. We haven't heard from Professor Hal today. He was unhappy about one of the earlier answers, but it's still time for him to squeeze himself in before one o'clock. Richard, mind how you go. Harvey is in East Grinstead. Harvey, question or answer? Uh, um, question, James. How old are you, Harvey? I'm 12. Why aren't you at school? Um, because I'm ill. There is so much... What's wrong with you? My, my little girl's got, got a tummy bug. What have you got? Um, I've got, like, a headache, sore throat. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, at least you're well enough to ring in. What do you want to know? Yes. I like to... And also, I just want to say this now. I'm a big fan. I listen to all of the podcasts. Oh, Harvey, thank you, my friend. What a lovely thing to say. When I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> Carry on. Um, my question is... Um, you know Neptune is completely made out of gas? I didn't know planet. that, but I'll take your word for it. Um, how come it can orbit around the sun if it's just a big ball of gas how can it have a planetary orbit yeah i like that question how long have we got left four minutes right free up some phone lines harvey needs an answer harvey leave it with me i hope you feel better soon mate i really do but i'll try and get you an answer just to put a smile back on your face let's get an answer for how is neptune come on interplanetary experts how is neptune able to orbit given that it is just a ma massive ball of gas um, speaking of massive balls of gas, I'll be back on air tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Colin is in Sandy in Bedfordshire. Colin, question or answer? Answer, James. What a lovely quality phone line, Colin. Talk to me some more. Tell me some poems. Um, I won't tell you the poems that I made, but no, there we go. No, all right then. Go on, um, what have we got? When I was a young man, many, many years ago, and I lived in Barking, and my neighbour four doors down was a chap called Mike Smith, oh, yeah. who was a record producer for the Tremolos, Georgie Fame and Marmalade, oh, among yeah. others. And I was always in his house for some reason or another. Yeah. And on his wall, he had all his gold discs as a producer for them. I think he was with CBS. Okay. But on his opposite wall, he had shelving with thousands of albums on those shelves and they were all stacked upright 
And I said to him, vertically. Oh, is that the right? Is vertically, yeah. yes. I said, is that the, is that, I said, why do you do them upright? And he said, because if you put them on the floor, he said, they will warp. And I used to keep all my albums on the floor. Horizontally. Thought, okay. Yes, horizontally. If and they're in shelves, yes, you, then, the then, shelves, then you need to have a, something at either end to hold them tightly in, and then you're bound to be right, aren't you? Yes, and that, they were. Uh, they, they were beautiful, and they were all in. And of course, the other thing is, is the the names of the the albums were on the were on the were on the side, so you could actually pull them out a lot easier. Because t- I mean, it, w- it was tempting to think originally that weight would 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 minimise warpage if you kept them horizontally, but of course, vertically is is it has the benefit of weight as long as they're tightly packed. Yes, and that was it. And from then on, I never kept my albums on the floor horizontally. They always went on shelves. What a time to be alive, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Give a round of applause for Colin. Thank you. Thank you. Stop. Oh, no, I snorted. Richard's in Acton. Richard, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Richard. It better be for Harvey. Have Have you got an answer for Harvey? Uh, yes, Neptune. Good, good man, bring it on. Right, Neptune probably has a very small, rocky Nicolaian core, but is surrounded by a thick shell of ice thousands of miles thick. It is an ice giant, but even if it wasn't, and if it was close to the sun, the gravitational pull of all the molecules and atoms would hold it together in its spherical construction. And that is, the, 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 the soundness of its spherical construction renders the orbit inevitable. Um, every, everything, everything larger than a certain mass, I believe, will go spherical because it, it will bunch together at the centre and gravity pulls everything together. Well, well, Harvey was under the impression that Neptune was just a big ball of gas. Is, he, is, is that just not correct? Um, it, it's possibly not, but it's known as either a gas or an ice giant. Oh, OK. Um, because most of it is either water, ice, frozen methane or carbon dioxide, but pro- it possibly has a core a small core at the centre, as does Uranus as well. Saturn, possibly, and Jupiter is probably... And Jupiter is probably so hot at the centre, it cannot be fully solid, but that's debatable. Round of applause for Richard. Um, I, I, I need to remind you, of course, that we've got together with Cancer Research UK to let you know all about World Cancer Day today. Uh, cancer doesn't discriminate. We all know someone affected. And now one in two people will survive cancer for 10 years. But Cancer Research wants three in four people surviving cancer by the year 2034. So do wear your unity band and donate today. Search online for Cancer Research UK. And together we can beat cancer sooner. Um, can we squeeze in Tony and Chelsea? Can you do it in 20 seconds or is it, is it too late? We're going to do the quality. No, it's, it's too late. I'm not going to interfere with Sheila Fogarty's broadcasts today uh, at all. That's it from me for another day. Some lovely comments coming in and I completely agree with you. Mystery Hour is uh, sometimes just a thing of absolute joy. Th- thanks to uh, thanks to Barry and Marcella and everybody else. Today was, was one of the best. Um, it'll be rubbish next week, no doubt. We'll do everything again tomorrow from 10 on LBC. And here is Sheila Fogarty. I think Mr.